0: JM in the AM will give everybody a last chance to uh, get into our Zoom. David Matlow with the world's largest Herzl collection is coming up in a couple of minutes uh, to discuss Herzl and his collection and uh, highlight a couple of items for us. Uh, if you want to see it and see the items that he's going to be talking about, you can go on Zoom right now at 814-353-5064, 814 353 Five zero six four. The uh, the password is J-M-A-M, all lowercase. The password is J-M-A-M. That's all lowercase. And good news, if you're on Facebook, the entire Zoom session has already begun on Facebook Live. Go to Facebook.com slash Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Siegel Network. We'll take a music break for a couple of minutes. Get everyone in on the Zoom and get set to start with David Matlow right here at J-M in the A-M.
1: My lips to sing your praise My heart to feel the joy Let me have the gift for which I'm yearning Another night in Israel Desert flowers blooming in the spring The grapes upon the vine Let me walk the beaches in the moonlight, let me fall in love in Israel, wherever you go. a day of plowshares from our souls. A time to mend, a time to gather stones, a time for peace in Israel. Let me hear the voice of bride and groom, of laughter in the THE PRAYERS OF OUR CHILDREN SO THEY NEED NOT FEAR IN ISRAEL
0: in the a.m. Wherever you go, I will go. Words from Megillat Ruth that we read on uh, on Shabbos in the um, diaspora on Friday, the first day Shavuos in Israel, or the only day Shavuos in Israel, I should say. And um, as we get into this segment about Theodore Herzl, imagine if he would have heard this song. Someone actually in the year 2020 or any time in the last uh, 72 years, speaking of being in Israel and uh, what the land and the state um, would be uh, for him. And we'll get David Matlow's comments in a moment. And Mayor Weingarten is with us. I want to just remind everybody, David was here in studio just a few months ago. And uh, when we were up in Toronto and he showed us the incredible collection that he has. And those of you on Zoom and on Facebook Live, you could see part of it in the background of David's, uh, of David's screen. Uh, He left us with this beautiful book, uh, Collecting the Dream, David Matlow, with uh, photography by uh, Dana El and uh, Kevin Viner, and uh, sent it to us with a beautiful inscription and note, and some of the remarkable items that are uh, in his collection. You can't see it on my Zoom because of our background, but some of the uh, remarkable items that are in his collection uh, you could read about in uh, the book that he's responsible for. In addition... I want to mention that many people in our audience are already familiar with this. Uh, this is the uh, oh, you can't see it. I can't believe it because of Zoom. We can't. Uh, we can't. Oh, there it is. Well, not really. It, anyway, it's a it's a it's a model of a Herzl over the Rhine River at the Three Kings Hotel in uh, in uh, Switzerland, uh, as he's uh, it, it, it remembered in that famous pose. And today I was going to show a different one because uh, David had actually given us two of those, one the actual model and one a silhouette of Herzl. Um, I, I apologize that because of the way we're set up on Zoom that I can't actually show it. Uh, but, but nonetheless, nonetheless, um, uh, it, I want everyone to know that both of them have prominent space in our studio right now and always. David Matlow, welcome back to Jeb
2: of the AM. Thank you very much for having me. Good morning. Good
0: morning and a pleasure to have you. And we have you on uh, on Zoom. We have Mayor Weingarten. Mayor, shalom, shalom, bo-ker-tov. And,
3: uh, bo-ker-tov.
0: Da- and David, and you're also on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Any last-minute Zoomers who want to get in right now, the code is 814-353-5064, 814-353-5064. And the uh, Zoom password is JM. AM. David, um, let's start with some background. Uh, Explain to uh, all those who are tuned in around the world why you have the world's largest Herzl collection.
2: Well, that's a very often asked question. I have been fascinated with Herzl since I was a kid. It's a weird thing for a 10-year-old to be fascinated with Herzl. And I'm also a collector. I've collected things my whole life, stamps, Toronto Maple Leaf memorabilia, and those two interests coincided in this Herzl collection. Everything I do, I do to access. So if I'm collecting Herzl, I have to have the world's largest collection of Herzl memorabilia. And um, in addition to be a fascinating person, he's an inspiring person. Every day he inspires me to pursue my dreams. And like Herzl, do something to improve the condition of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Um, And so that's why I think about him. And I'm surrounded. Those of you watching uh, on Zoom or Facebook Live can see Herzl is literally over my shoulder all the time.
0: Uh, That is um, uh, an understatement. He's over your shoulder, and it seems everywhere else in every direction you turn. But yes, the statues, of course quite obvious over the shoulder. David Matlow is with us. You, um, you have a, um, and I hope I can find this here for a second. Give me just one second, everybody, because you have an unbelievable quote that I think is uh, so worthwhile sharing, uh, with the community. Um, and let me just see here for a moment. Give me one second. um, I don't have it in front of me. I apologize. I'll look forward as you do your presentation because you talk about uh, the state of Israel and what it has become. It's become th- the closest to a model society, if you will, the-, the closest to a world leader in every category. And these are things that sometimes we forget. And you remind us that Herzl dreamt about. This was not simply a homeland for the Jews. He, he sought that the homeland should be a shining example for the rest of the world, both for Jew and non-Jew.
2: That's absolutely right. What Herzl said was the purpose of Zionism is not simply to have a plot of land for the Jewish people, it obviously includes that, but to build a model society on that land. And so one of the reasons I talk about Herzl is to inspire people not to get frustrated, not to throw their hands up um, and say, this is too complicated. It's too messy. It'll never be straightened out. But be like Herzl, use your skills and talents towards something important and bigger than yourself, which is the future of the Jewish people. And and the, in the period of coronavirus, te- Herzl also teaches us that tomorrow can be better than today. So hang in there, work towards yes, it. Tomorrow me. will be better for all of us.
0: And you said, uh, you, you the way you just uh, put it, of course, was a perfect synopsis of what I wanted to read. So I thank you for that. But yes, Uh, That mission, uh, certainly, uh, whether it's been accomplished yet, we could argue, but it's certainly uh, obvious that Israel, the state of Israel, is on its way to becoming exactly uh, what Herzl dreamt about, which is also pretty amazing. Uh, And by the way, one more note before I turn things over to you and pin your video so people could see your presentation. Uh, One more note, and that is that you've actually seen what you just described in action, because you described to us, I don't remember if it was here or in your home, but you described to us how you've walked into public high schools, including some named for Herzl, and have given a, a talk about his life and have seen faculty and students be inspired by it in, in in what we would consider unlikely places.
2: So one of my five items, which I'll get to, will will address just that. And you're referring to a school in uh, North Lawndale, which is a part of Chicago, Western Chicago, which 100 years ago was called Little Jerusalem. It was the seat of hundreds of thousands of Jewish members of uh, the Chicago community. In 1915, they asked for a public school that was being built to be named after Herzl. So it's the Theodore Herzl Public School. In the intervening hundred years, the Jewish community of Chicago has moved to Skokie and Oak Park and other places. The school's name remains the Theodore Herzl Public School. It's a very uh, distressed neighborhood, yet the principal, a fantastic woman named Tamara Davis and her team of teachers are, are determined to stop the cycle of poverty and despair through education. Frankly, a very Jewish thing to do, even though there are no Jews in the school or in the neighborhood. And interestingly, when Martin Luther King came to Chicago in the 60s, he lived around the corner from that very school. And in the ethos of the school, Herzl is like a Martin Luther King, that you can do things to improve the conditions of your people and, frankly, make a great sacrifice for that goal.
0: David, before I continue, uh, before you continue, I, I have to get uh, my colleague, Mayor Weingarten. It looks like, based on his facial expression, that he's chomping at the bit to react to what you've said so far. Mayor, what do you think? It's,
3: it's just amazing. It's beautiful. And I, I can't wait to see this collection, and um, the, the idea that there's a school, in, a public school in Chicago named after Theodore Herzl, <laughs> is a, a, a wow.
0: It is amazing, and I remind discovery. And I remind everybody that I am one tenth of a mile away right now from the Henrietta Zold School on East Broadway on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So. It is it is interesting American Jewish history, and sometimes both American Jewish and Israel are lumped together uh, through some of these experiences. Um, David, do you give us a uh, a visual of the whole collection, or that's something that's only reserved for visitors? Up to Toronto. Like do we get to see for five seconds the vastness of the collection or is that something that's reserved only for people who show up there?
2: Uh no, not at all. So right behind me, as I said, Herzl is over my shoulder. Obviously <laughs> for your listeners you can't see that, but there's a giant vitrine behind me with shelves of Herzl all the way up and drawers as well. This is the three dimensional part of it and there are uh, there's a whole other room when our youngest child went away to university we were empty nesters we (laughs) enlarged the house and we asked the architect have you ever built a Herzl room and of course he had not uh, had not but there's another room which is filled with books and uh, archival folders um and the only room in the house without Herzl is my daughter Yaël's, who she declared her room a Herzl-free zone. (laughs) Otherwise, there's Herzl everywhere. And by the way, I need to point out, those who do visit you leave with great gifts
0: like we did, the silhouette and the model, and of course the Herzl socks that you gave us, and many other interesting items that people would be shocked to hear that Herzl's brand
2: and name was actually slapped on. Absolutely. So this, for those watching, this is their Herzl uh, on the balcony, And I should, you may not know this nothing, but the same person who made this has a new item, which is this Herzl doll, part of the Zionist action figures. I have no connection to this company, but it's called Piece of History, and you can order this online. There's 10 or 12 of them, the most recent ones, he did Arkana Senish and Yosef Trumpledor. Wow. There's about 12 of these, but Herzl, of course, is the most dear to me. Oh, wow.
0: I may have to eliminate our snow globe collection and start getting into the Jewish heroes collection. I love that. Have a uh,
3: birthday coming up, Nachum?
0: <laughs> maybe for my birthday would be a good idea. Actually, actually, it's Father's <laughs> Day. I'll have David and Mayer drop it to my children. Fantastic. Uh, we
2: can't cross the border, but maybe Mayer can.
0: <laughs> also, the, uh, the, the one we were most uh, anxious to get for Jerusalem Day – Yom Yushalayim was Teddy Kollek. Maybe mayor. Maybe they'll make one of him one of these days, and we'll have that yeah. for and Yom Yerushalayim. The
2: Yushalayim. website again. What is it? Piece of history. Piece of history. There's dashes between peace, P I E C E dash of dash history dot com. Okay. And there's a whole line of Zionist action figures. David, we'll you're on.
0: You're right. on Zoom. You're on Facebook, and of course, most importantly, you're on JM in the AM. Take it away. What could you share with us regarding these items?
2: So I've selected five items from my collection, just to give us a, a, a sense. And for listeners, I'll try and describe them. I should say that um, the book that you were kindly referenced, uh, Collecting the Dream, one of my projects for the sheltering at home was to create a website. So if you go to wow. uh
0: the
2: book is there in PDF form, documentary films, all, all, all kinds of Herzl stuff. But those who want to see the book can see it uh, free online. Thank you. So I've selected five items to give you just a sense of my collection and a little bit about Herzl. So the first is an actual uh, correspondence between Herzl and his friend, Egon Zweig. Egon Zweig was a cousin of Stefan Zweig, the writer. He was a prominent Zionist living in Vienna. So this is an envelope from Herzl to Aegon Zweig. It's on the letterhead of the Zionist Congress. It's written in 1902. And interestingly, Herzl's telephone number in Vienna was one nine nine, but there were not many phones at the time. (laughs) But this is the letter itself, and hopefully you can see that Herzl's signature on it. Oh, so it's the wrong side. Herzl's signature on it. And what this is is a letter that Herzl wrote to Stefan Zweig. Herzl was married. He had three children. And in this letter, he's asking um, Egon Zweig, can you, my son Hans is collecting postage stamps. Would you mind putting together some stamps and sending it to him? He's, uh, he's at a resort now, it was summertime. And so this is the thank you note from Hans to Egon Zweig. Thank you very much for sending me the stamps. So these were real people, a father. He was a father of the Jewish nation, Jewish state. But he was also a father, not the best father, and there were some lots of issues in terms of his children and his wife. Uh, and ultimately, all his children and grandchildren passed, so he has no descendants. Uh, so we're we're the beneficiaries of his efforts for us, but his children and wife suffered for it. Wow. But he he was indeed a father, cared for his kids, and tried to help in their collection, his his son's collection. Um, Herzl, of course, um, is known for writing the Judenstaat, Midinata Yehudim, the Jewish state, the book, and that was in February 1896, and the first thing that he did of major import was convene the first Zionist Congress, which was in Basel in August of 1897. There were six Congresses during his lifetime and 22 before independence and God willing travel restrictions permitting. Uh, the 38th Zionist Congress is planned for Jerusalem in October. And But what I tried to focus on in these items is an Americana and Herzl uh, based on the nature of the listeners. And so what I'm showing now, what this is is a small booklet it's called the Zionist Congress. This is the proceedings in full. This was, it was it was 10 cents. So this is maybe four inches by eight inches and maybe 60 pages. And this was printed in 1897, published by Philip Cowan Publisher, 213, 215 East 44th Street in New York City in 1897. So the Congress was in August and by the end of the year, there was printed in New York City um, the details of the Congress itself. On the back of it is a facsimile of the postcard that was distributed at the Congress. It says Zionist Congress, 1897. And there's two pictures, there's an image on either side. On the left is people praying at the Kotel, uh, the Western Wall. And on the right is the farmer seeding the plot of land, his, his plot of land in Eretz Israel. This, so that was a facsimile. And this is an original of that very postcard. Um, and what's interesting, I'll try and hold it up to, to the camera, if I can get it properly. It is signed by Herzl. It's himself. Hey, ein reis tzadik lamed. Right. He very rarely signed in Hebrew. Uh, so that's a, a rare one of him signing in Hebrew. I have him signing as T. A. Herzl. Um, once one is uh, Benjamin, I have a signature from him. His Hebrew name Benjamin Zev Herzl. But this is a very rare example of Herzl signing uh, in Hebrew or Yiddish. At this, um, at the second Zionist Congress there was Herzl's, one of his ideas, his major idea was just not an idea of a Jewish state, but how to go about it. Right. The Midi hayehudim the Jewish state was a blueprint. How do you go about it? And, and so what's marvelous about Herzl and what's inspirational is it's not just about having an idea. Ideas are a dime a dozen, they're cheap. It was going to do something about it. The Congress was one of those things and the, one of his very first ideas was to create a Jewish bank called the Jewish Colonial Trust, which would take, uh, raise capital, issue shares, take deposits, have branches, and fund development and settlement in Eretz Israel. It was created at the Second Zionist Congress in Basel in 1898, and sold shares at one pound sterling a share, which was very expensive, At the time, I don't know what it would correlate to now. So shares were purchased on installments. By August of 1899, there was an organization in America. So I'm showing a postcard. I think it's Thomas Jefferson on the the stamp. Uh, And it's mailed in August of 1899. And what this is, is it's in Yiddish. But it is a request from the Jewish Colonial Trust that it's time to pay the second installment (laughs) on your shares Uh, on Canal Street. (laughs) Correct. It's, um, and yes, 54 Canal Street, (laughs) which is not too far from where your broadcast is. I think that's where my bank is. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Uh, So maybe that was a, a branch then. And so these shares were sold. Hundreds of thousands of Jews bought one share at a time. My great grandparents who lived in in Mullich in Belarus uh, bought shares. This was a way to not only support the Zionist dream of Herzl, but to do something tangible and and show your connection to it. Uh, The fourth item I wanna show is this postcard. There are lots of postcards with Herzl's uh, image on it. I'm holding a, a postcard, it's blue. And it has uh, like an ink drawing of Herzl right. on it. And it says, Zion's, It's from uh, the Sabbath School in Chicago by Mr. Pollock. It was mailed in 1903. But what's fascinating about this particular postcard is it's addressed to Herzl himself, who's at the sixth Zionist Congress in Basel. And I can tell from the postmarks that it looks like it arrived in Basel. After the Congress had, uh, had ended, so either the postmaster or someone at the Three Kings Hotel where he was staying um, decided to keep the postcard and through a series of purchases or whatever, it wound up with me. So there are a number of outbound items from Herzl because people would have received them, but there are very few inbound items to Herzl. Outside the Zionist archives in Jerusalem, which has all of his personal effects. Wow. And the fifth item, just tying to the description of the Theodore Herzl School we talked about in Chicago, this blue, it's a blue document. It's called Blue and White, which is the yearbook of the Theodore Herzl School in Chicago in 1931. So I'm showing, a, this is a picture of the school. It's a massive school, had thousands of kids in marble atop those pillars, which, which only people seeing it. But imagine a school with giant pillars and on top it says Theodore Herzl Public School. The yearbook is called The Blue and White. Cajol uh, Lavan. I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> but interestingly, this is 1931. There's an article on the front page about Dr. Theodor Herzl and describing who Herzl was and that some of the students now don't know who Herzl was. This particular time, all the students were Jewish. But interestingly, it ends with this small paragraph. This movement made him sick in body and soul. He kept on until his health gave away. On July 2, 1904, the world and the Jewish people had a great, lost a great leader for his death ended his active labors, labors forever. Years after his death, his followers made his dream come true. This is written in 1931. (gasps) Before the founding
0: of the state.
2: Right. So I guess they were talking Uh, about the Halutzim who were going to build the nation, the British mandate, uh, the Jewish agency starting to put in place the country that was created 17 years later and the Balfour declaration. Right, Balfour. That's as absolutely, well. you're absolutely right. So it, that's five wow. items I could do this show a thousand times <laughs> and not repeat it. <laughs>
0: that's for sure. And that you know it's it's interesting and we have to we have to put ourselves in that context of 1931. That as much as to us, uh there was not even a state and therefore it was, you know, literally in its infancy. The reality is that between uh, the era of Herzl in the early 1900s and 1931, the progress that was made in the land of Israel was it was amazing. And we have to remember that when we put it in historical context. Before I turn to Mayor Weingarten, because I'm sure he has a uh, historical uh, comment uh, regarding what we've just heard from David Matlow, I want to read, and David did it very well before, but I just want to read it word for word. This is why uh, what David writes about why Herzl. And he writes, Theodore Herzl, the founder of the Zionist movement, the visionary, of the State of Israel, and its dreamer-in-chief famously said, if you will it, it is not a dream. He also said, for Zionism includes not only the yearning for a plot of promised land legally acquired for our weary people, but also the yearning for ethical and spiritual fulfillment. Herzl's dream was not only about having a land, but of building a model society in that land. His dream has been fulfilled, but it has not yet been completed. Completing it is up to all of us. And how right you are, David, and what an important message that is, that uh, the state of Israel, and boy are we proud, you go through any category, and Israel is now a leader. But we still have work to do. do. We Uh, always will. Mayor, uh, you know, Mayor, that one of the reasons that this is so fascinating to me is because of my personal connection to the Zionist Congress. My father was the youngest representative to the last pre-state Zionist Congress. Uh, so I've always, you know, and you, of course, yourself and the Weingarten family have heard plenty of stories over the years, many of them when we were uh, younger, and if not stories, and certainly facts like the one I just mentioned. Uh, Mayor, your reaction to David's presentation?
3: Yeah, first of all, my father was also a uh, delegate to a Zionist Congress, I think the first one after the state. Wow. Um, and uh, the presentation is amazing. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. Uh, on the 1931 uh, piece that you showed and, and the, the way that it's phrased as if there is already a state, um, we are now celebrating the 100th anniversary of the San Remo conference, which in essence was and continues to be the international recognition of the fact that there should be a Jewish state in what was then called Palestine in Eretz Israel. So by 1931, I think people see it as it's it's still in the future, but it's the dream that he had, which really, when he was alive, when he started, was I mean, people would think that he's nuts. You know what's he talking about? It's like a crazy thing, and so literally a dream. Um, but by 1931. The the speed with which all these things happen, the Balfour Declaration and the the San Remo Conference and all this is uh, is is already happening.
2: Well, you're you're absolutely right, and, and someone can draw a direct line between Herzl and the Balfour Declaration, which was the antecedent to the San Remo and the British Mandate, based on um, he uh, Balfour was the was the Prime Minister of England at the time that England offered Herzl and the Zionist movement, Uganda, as a night shelter and interim home. And uh, Lord, Lord Chamberlain was the lawyer retained by the Zionist movement to help draft the charter who was the prime minister at the time of the Balfour Declaration. So you can draw a direct line, not just uh, philosophically or morally or spiritually, but tangibly between Herzl's work And the Balfour Declaration, which gave rise to the San Remo Agreement,
0: phenomenal. Uh, Listener Chaya says, "Thank you for sharing this fascinating view of Jewish history, Uh, David." My question is: Will Part Two include the uh, Herzl Hockey Tournament? Will that be one of the (laughs) one of the uh, things you will focus on when we do this again?
2: All happily. It's it's very small for your viewers, but right up there is the famous Herzl Hockey bobblehead. And really, Herzl had no connection with hockey. Uh, In Toronto, the Stanley Cup also is a dream, Um, but that's the only connection between Herzl and hockey. But in Canada, where I am, if you want to interest someone in anything, connect it to hockey. (laughs) <laughs> you say hockey and Herzl, I said, okay, and that's interesting.
0: Very good point. <laughs> like my father, when he came to this country, said, I had no choice but to learn about baseball. I wanted to right. speak to the Jewish youth. So I had no choice but to learn the rules of baseball. Uh, David, Kent, thank you enough. Information, just give the website, uh, any information people need, what should they do?
2: One word, dot com. There's uh, my book, a documentary film with a password various links and things. And my, ad- my email address is on the website if someone wants to ask me a question.
0: And by the way, even though we've already discussed this, I think for sure once, maybe even twice uh, on this program, uh, I do remind everybody that David is, is so Im- immersed in Theodore Herzl and the history of Theodore Herzl uh, that he actually spent a milestone birthday on the balcony of the Three Kings Hotel in Basel over the Rhine River. And I can tell you that Mayer and I are jealous, David, that you had that experience in what's actually
2: called the Herzl Suite, right? Room 117 at the Three Kings <laughs> Hotel. So that's Herzl had his picture taken on the balcony overlooking the Rhine River. That was in the Fifth Zionist Congress in 1901. The hotel realizes the significance. There is a plaque in the in that room i just got an email a couple of weeks ago that the hotel is opening june 1st so if <laughs> if flights go and they, they're very they understand the significance of that room so if the room is not booked if you're a tourist you can go there and you can ask for the key if, if someone's not in there you can take a picture on the balcony and that, that was captured in my documentary film my herzl which is you can watch through that website. It's on the website, and the, the Vimeo password is there as well.
0: Phenomenal, David. I'll tell you, we could do this all day long. And, uh, and, and yes, they knew who to contact when they reopened the hotel. They knew exactly who to get that message to. Uh, I thank you. I thank you very, very much. And We should do this again very soon.
2: My pleasure. Have a good day. Stay safe, everybody.
0: David Matlow, he's got the world's... The world's largest Herzl collection. Pretty amazing, huh? The world's largest Herzl collection. And uh, I want to thank him. I want to thank Mayor Weingarten. I want to thank all those who Zoomed in. I want to thank those who watched on Facebook Live. And I want to thank uh, all of you for tuning in to JMN. There's only one way to wrap up this segment, in my opinion. Dude, dude.